Welcome to a new edition of the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino. On this episode, we talk with author, business leader, and speaker, Kim Sorrell. She just sold her business in February of 2022. She is a cancer survivor, a widow, and an expert on love. She loves humor, and she's an experienced business owner with a demonstrated history of working in the food and beverage industry. She is also a very talented author. Enjoy this interview. Hey, thanks for taking a minute out today. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Before we get into what you do and kind of some nuts and bolts about your history, how have you done through COVID? I know COVID's been a big change for everybody, and it's really kind of altered a lot of how we live our lives. How have you kind of gone through and survived the last couple of years? (laughs) What a great question, Joe. Um, Actually, my life has changed dramatically in the last two years. I'm an entrepreneur. I've had businesses all my life. I was 18 when I started my first business and um, I ended up uh, deciding that I didn't have to be in business and be so crazy anymore. So I just in February sold the last of my businesses. I was in the food industry for one of the things I did, uh, which of course was a difficult thing to survive, but survived great and the company thrived and did better. And so I was able to sell it for more than I would have pre-COVID probably, but uh, I made it through. How about you? It's been interesting. I mean, when it started, I have a special needs son. He's 17 now, and his two favorite things in life are school and baseball. And when all of this happened, it was spring training, and I was like, oh, man, what are we going to do? And then it was just a matter of adapting. I mean, the world had a monopoly on you, so you had to figure out what to do. And, you know, you just you go through it. You make it the best you can, and that's really – but that's all you can do. Um, but yeah, you know, we came out of it and lots of things changed, but, uh, you know, things change anyway. So it just changed in a way that we had no idea. And we finally, in my lifetime, you know, I saw the shuttle explosion in 86. We saw, you know, nine 11. I mean, this has been something that would be akin to a world war one or two generation. That's, that's so true. It's been, such an interesting, strange, unpredicted time. It's, it's just been crazy. Who would have ever thought that we would have lived through any of the things that you mentioned, but uh, this in particular, this is just so odd, the whole thing. You, you know, when I was a kid, I used to get those little weekly reader things, and it would say, you know, if we don't change things, we're going to run out of water, we're going to have this, we're going to have that, and then being – you know, a kid of the 80s, I would see all these shows with these doomsday scenarios, and it just seemed like it was far flung, but it also seemed like we've always been, we've been hurtling towards the precipice. So when this happened, you know, in my lifetime, I've been groomed to, to like, not expect it, but not to be surprised. You know? Yeah, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, I think that's so true. It's always been interesting to me that when you see movies about the far future, like I was a little kid when Soylent Green came out and we, we would go to the movie, the uh, drive-in on a Friday night, you know, it was a cheap, cheap thing for my parents to do. And the second feature was always a harsher movie. They were hoping the little kids would be asleep, I think. And Soylent Green scared me to death. And, but movies just were always doom and gloom for the future. Everything in the future was going to be so bad, be so bad. And then here we were facing, you know, some of that, I guess. But I like to think that the future is not going to be quite as doom and gloom as uh, 
<laughs> was produced yeah. in, in so many movies, right? Yeah. Well, there was a, my wife had a movie on during the pandemic that was about a pandemic and everything they were doing in there was like, oh my, like just how divisive uh, people got, you know, there was one side or the other. And if you got the vaccine, it was like getting the mark and there was these militia groups and then there was this mistrust of the government. There was so many things that probably people didn't really pay attention to or hone in on that completely came into fruition. It was really, uh, I typically never watched like viral movies because it would freak me out to think that something biologically pugnant like that could get out and do what it could do. But you know, while we were in the middle of it, there were so many things. Whoever put this movie together was on top of it. Wow. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. So, but so I'm curious in your lineage, how did you become highly motivated to become a business owner. Kind of take me back to where you grew up and how all this began for you. Sure. Well, uh, my dad was an entrepreneur. My dad was one of the hardest working people I've ever known. And he, I don't know, started, he was in the Navy, and then he sold Kirby vacuum cleaners to try to get through some college and got married and then was a salesperson. And I think if you can sell, you can do anything. You know, like that's that's the one of the best skills they have is to be able to sell. And he was very good at it. And so he started um, a company when I was six years old. He started a plastic bag manufacturing company that, that did real well and grew and did what it should do. And uh, we even had a plastic bag uh, machine in our basement. And if we wanted to go to a movie or something, we had to make bags to go to the movie, to earn money to go to the movie. So we were always, I've got two older brothers and we were just always taught the value of hard work and the value of diligence. And, and so, uh, it came quite naturally then to just go after it. Like I, I think part of it was being taught to be fearless and, uh, not be afraid of anything, including taking chances. And so you, you win some, you lose some, but, um, in the end, there's great reward for great hard work. So, so I came by it naturally, I guess. Long answer to a, to a short question. So how did how did everything begin for you? Did you have um, – t- talk to me about the business and how all of it kind of culminated to you selling the business recently and being where you're at right now. Yeah, sure. So uh, right out of high school, I partnered with my mom and my dad. My dad actually uh, had sold his um, plastic bag company and was working for the owners, the new owners, and then ended up uh, getting let go from that job. And so he was jobless when I graduated from high school and um, trying to figure out what to do next chapter. He was never afraid of being jobless. It wasn't a big deal, but it was something he had to figure out. And so the five of us uh, took out a loan from the bank um, we took out a $50,000 loan. We bought an old five-story uh, empty building that was used at one point in time for furniture manufacturing, and we rented space. And we thought it would be a great idea to do this, and then we could pay for our college that way. And while my dad's figuring out his next chapter, well, we ended up selling that building, buying another, selling that building, buying another. Meanwhile, there was a um, – a piece of property for sale that was a little nine-hole golf course with a shack on a hill. And I thought, well, holy cow, you know, I got some money. Why not invest in that? You know, land is, is good. And so 
bought that, um, and I would have been 20, 22 at the time, bought that piece of property and turned it into 18 holes, added fine dining, added uh, banquet facilities. I had indoor golf there for a while, and then I bought another facility. And then along the way, I bought other businesses or started other things with my family and some things I did, more things I did alone. But we had a grocery store in St. Croix for a while. We had a um, travel agency um, throughout the years with owning properties and leasing space. It was all commercial, industrial, some office space. And so sometimes we'd have tenants that would have a hard time making rent. And so uh, we'd step in, um, each of us kind of individually doing our own thing. Um, my mom passed away early on, so she was out. And then I have a brother who became a veterinarian, so we bought him out of his share. So it was my dad, my brother, and I. And uh, sort of one by one, just the way it worked, we would um, just go mentor a company and get them on their feet so they could pay us rent. <laughs> and so there were times that that things worked out where they didn't have motivation, and we ended up with a company. And so... I've been in screen printing. I've been in, I mean, kind of you name it, I've done it. And then just resurrect the company, make it something and sell it um, was kind of always the goal. But the things that I most recently sold, so I sold a lot of commercial industrial property. I sold a lot of that before the crash, right before the crash of 08, which was very nice timing for me. But then I still have, I still have some, uh, some properties, but they're, so easy, like I don't even think of them as any work. But then the thing that I sold, though, is I had a golf course still, and I had um, two locations with uh, enough banquet space to serve about 1,200 people on a Saturday night. And so I sold both of those properties to two, two, two different things, one for development and one to keep as, as it was, um, to keep doing parties and events and so it's nice to be out of those businesses, i got to say. So you're also a cancer survivor. Tell me, what, what, what did you learn about that, that process? And, uh, you know, how, how did you change your life based on that? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, cancer, I mean, anytime someone's told they have cancer, I mean, it is, I think everybody has been touched by cancer. So everybody knows someone who's had it or whatever. But to me, it was... So out of the blue, I was uh, had just turned 47 and was diagnosed with breast cancer and had no idea what to think, where to turn, you know, what whatever. And um, you kind of learn as you go. And um, but then four months later, my husband was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer and passed away six weeks after that. And so I went from being cared for to caretaker. Um, I still had my cancer stuff I had to deal with. I kind of put it on hold after he was diagnosed, not knowing how much time we would have and what the future held exactly. But I learned a ton. I mean, I learned a lot about um, the cancer world, a lot about the medical world. Um, I, I feel like I can freely give advice. When somebody comes to me and says, hey, this is what I just heard. What do I do? You know, I'm happy to talk to anybody anytime. But one of the biggest things that came out of it was my youngest son had, uh, he was in the Navy, had just gotten out of the Navy and was working on his undergrad 
when I was diagnosed and then my husband. And so he changed what he was going to do. He was in sciences, not sure what he was going to do, but he thought maybe MD, but he decided instead to get his PhD and he's a cancer researcher. And he's made incredible strides. And breast cancer is um, uh, his focus. And um, he's done incredible things. Like he uh, went to UT Southwestern, one of the greatest cancer research facilities in our country, and he developed some way to uh, speed up research and on something, who knows, whatever the terms are, you know, over my head. But um, Harvard's had him out to teach it. Harvard sent him to Germany to teach it. He's been, it's just kind of crazy um, how how things have worked out for him. And now he is getting his MD so that he can work with people while he's doing research and um so he's going to be a fourth-year med student. And so I'm always happy to see something positive come out of what can be just so negative and, and hard and difficult. And so I'm happy that positive things are coming from that. So we all have people that we admire and we look up to. And I'm curious if there's anybody alive today out there that you could meet that you admire, who would you like to meet? Oh, my word. There are so many people that I would love to meet. And the answer that I'm going to give you might sound boring, but is so important, and that would be Oprah. She just is everything. Like, she's an overcomer. She's a leader. She's strong. She's resilient. She's, um, she's been through more in her lifetime than most people ever go through in her life, their lifetime. And she come out stronger I think because of it she's such a giver I mean I think she does so much behind the scenes that is never put into magazines or on tv or whatever the the things that she does to help people and uh, I just admire who she is I admire that she is who she is that she hasn't changed for for us you know quite often I think it can be easy for celebrities to try to fit into what people want them to be or what they, the box they want them to be in. And Oprah has her very own box, and it's not really even a box. She's just out there, and um, I just uh, admire how open she is, um, how she's not just, this is what I believe and it's the only thing that's true, but that she um, evolves like the rest of us should with our thinking. And uh, so Oprah is would be my number one. So now that you've sold the business, you know, we're kind of coming out of COVID. What are your plans? What are you hoping to do from here on out? Well, I have a book that came out in, uh, in December. So it's been out for a few months. I, when I was ready to go back to work after losing my husband and uh, everything I had to go through physically, I wasn't sure what I was going to do, if I was going to go back into my businesses. I had people running them or back into the nonprofit world that was running a nonprofit organization and uh, still do today, actually. And so I thought I'd take it slow and become part-time bookkeeper for a nonprofit organization that was run by this gentleman, uh, but that my father and I had started 10 years before that. And um, on so January 1, clean books, and then 12 days later, there was an earthquake in Haiti that killed 200,000 people. And so I went from part-time bookkeeper to 24-7, all-out 
you know, on the ground in Haiti. And for the next several years, I was in Haiti for at least part of the month, every single month for for several years, working hard. I mean, it's, it's the toughest place I've ever worked. And I've worked in a lot of countries, and it's by far the hardest. And uh, But um, losing my husband and working in Haiti, and, you know, for, for whatever reason, I just questioned the truth about love because it's not like you go to the bookstore and there's a manual, right, or love for dummies. Like, there's how do you find out about love, what love is, there's songs written, there's books, there's movies, but what is it really? And so I decided I was going to figure it out. So I dedicated what ended up being more than a full year to just figuring out what love actually is. And so, and then I wrote um, about it. And so my book is Love Is, and I really believe that I learned so much about love. It was it definitely changed my life. I really believe it would change anybody's life to know the things that I know, which is why now I'm very passionate about sharing it. It's um, the freest, most wonderful, uh, most incredible way to live when you really know what love is and, and then walk in it. And so that is what I'm doing now. That's what I'm working on. That's my passion. And, and that's where life is taking me. So if you have a dream tonight and you run into your younger version around the time that you were starting your first business and you could give your younger version a piece of advice based on what you've seen and lived through, your wisdom, what would you tell your younger version? I would say take a breath that life is short. And I worked so many hours to build businesses. I mean, I work so much. And after a while – there probably was a time that I could have maybe hired an extra person or even put more trust in the people around me that I didn't have to be there quite as much as I was. And I would, I would say stop and smell the roses and, and um, work hard. Absolutely. But, uh, but you don't have to kill yourself to, um, to be successful. So everyone has a perception or an idea of who they think you are, your family, your friends, associates, everyone that knows you. But ultimately, you're the one living your life. What's your perception of you? Who do you think you are? Uh, I think I'm a lot of fun. I think I'm a good friend. I, I hope that I'm a good parent. I know I'm a good grandparent. I, um, I, I think that I, you know, I, I truly love people. I truly love people, and I love to serve. I love to give. And so uh, I, that, that's who I am, I guess, is because that's my life, is, is serving and giving. And uh, the funny thing about that is no matter how hard I try to, to give or try to give as much as I can, I always get more in return than I can ever give. That's my life. That's who I am. Beautiful, Kim. So let's get to the good business here. If anybody wants to get your book, they want to learn more about you, anything along those lines, where can they go and find that? Amazon, of course. Any, any online bookseller has my book. Uh, it's also in brick-and-mortar stores, Barnes & Noble, uh, other stores. And Love Is is the name of it. Um, I have a website, Kim Sorrell, 
com. my last name. I'm literally the only Kim Sorrell spelled my way in the entire world because there are way too many letters. There are two R's, two E's, two L's, S-O-R-R-E-L-L-E, but Kim Sorrell.com. Um, I'm easily accessible. I'm on social media. I'm out there and available. I love to hear from people. I love to help in any way I possibly can. And so I, I love it when people reach out. Um, there's a lot of people that are uh, using my book with their families or their small groups or their book club or their um, church groups or in businesses. They're using it and having the whole staff read it. And uh, it's um, great. And then I can connect like on Zoom to do a to do a call to get questions answered or whatever. And so very available. Love is Kim Sorrell. Kim, thank you for opening up today. Good luck with everything as we move forward. Yeah, well, thank you so much. To thank you, too. Thanks for tuning in to another famous interview with Joe Domino, where we cover the world of art, literature, and music, and business around the globe. If you want to hear more interviews, you can visit the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino YouTube channel. Thanks again for listening, and until next time. Mm-hmm.